Enrico Zumo, the shoemaker's son. The three of them groaned when they heard this. They were well aware of my father's matchmaking attempts. So, I added, throwing my hands up in disgust and slouching in a very unladylike manner in my chair, my dream of opening my own hat shop, the dream you have all listened to me talk about for the past year, seems very out of reach at the moment. I was planning to ask my parents tomorrow about paying board, but of course that won't happen now. I don't know what in God's name I'm going to do next. I may get some advice from Miss Gurrier or Mrs. Storo if she's here tonight. Yes, she's coming, said Ada with a nod. Fancy Goldstein just told me that she was. Mrs. Gurrier was the head librarian at the North End Library and the founder of the SEG. Mrs. Storo was a prominent member of Boston Society who had taken an interest in the club years ago and had helped support it ever since. I bet one of them can help you, said Thea. You have skills. You're a beautiful milliner. Your hats are exquisite. Look at me. I have no real skills at all, outside of assembling boxes, and they were able to find me a much better job. Oh, Thea, they really did? I asked. Congratulations, that's wonderful news. No more box-cutting factory? No more box-cutting factory. And no more hemorrhoids from sitting all day long on that horrible stool. Well, at least hopefully they'll clear up now, Thea said, turning crimson and no more boss who curses all day. Mrs. Storrow found me a job with an interior decorator downtown named Mrs. Thatcher, and I'm going to be working on Gainsborough Street, right near the dress shop Maria works at so we can take the streetcar together. Oh, but Capriche, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like I'm gloating. Not at all, Thea, I said with a smile. I'm thrilled for you. And your parents? I asked, hope in my voice. Are they happy for you, too? They're the same as ever, said Thea, her tone resigned. They still barely acknowledge me unless it's to give orders to cook or clean something. Since my sister's baby David was born, it's gotten even worse. Thea shrugged. All of us nodded. There was nothing to say. Thea's parents had been cold and indifferent to her for years. Thea! You know I understand how that feels, Maria said. Although my poor mother acknowledges me, of course. It's my father who I think would rather I wasn't around. He never came home from work today. So you know that means he's going to stumble home in the middle of the night horribly drunk. Thea, Ada, and I just waited for her to continue. We had heard many variations of this story. Antonetta is here with me tonight. Honestly, if we could, I would stay overnight here with her. Last Saturday, he came home at two in the morning, dragged my mother out of bed, and told her to make him something to eat. Maria bit her lip and gave us a mischievous look. I sent her back to bed and made him a cheese sandwich, but I made sure to spit into it before I gave it to him. We all gasped. Maria, you didn't. I said, hand over my mouth. Oh, but I did, she said, crossing her arms in front of her. And I don't feel one bit sorry about it. Did he notice? Asked Ada, grimacing. Oh, please, ladies. 
If I had served him horse manure, he probably wouldn't have realized it, said Maria, her mouth twisted with bitterness. But enough talk about my father. You've heard it all before. Ada, you had started telling us about your college classes before Caprice got here. Yes, I love them, she answered, smiling. They're going so well, and my father doesn't suspect a thing. Do you think you and your mother will be able to keep it that way? I asked. I really think so, as long as we're careful, Ada said with a nod. That reminds me, do you think Frankie or Dominic might be able to walk me home from the streetcar on the nights I have class? It's too risky having anyone from our building walk me. People talk too much. I'm sure one of them will, Ada. I'll ask them, I answered. Last month, Mrs. Storrow had told Ada she had found a scholarship.